are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Here's what I'm going to do in this session. I'm going to challenge you. Um, I have been pastoring since 1996. Uh, I took my first church in 96. So I'm in my 21st year as a lead pastor. Um, Been actively full-time in ministry since 1990. And um, we have people on the part of our team right now at Gracetown that wasn't even born yet when I started in ministry. <laughs> That's crazy, right? And uh, But I'm going to challenge you in this first um, session. Um, and then we're going to, uh, after brunch, I'm just going to pour into you a, a little bit. Now here's... I want you to open your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, or your iPhones, or your iPads, okay? Flip open to 1 Samuel chapter number 9. 1 Samuel chapter number 9. And here's, Pastor Jacob talked about stretching. You know, when you're working out, my flexibility is horrible. So my trainer will say, you need to stretch. And I'm like, (laughs) that's about all I can go. And so what the trainer will do will put some pressure on my back so I could touch my toes. Or if I'm sitting down, he'll put pressure on my back so I could reach and stretch. And when you get that little push, it's a little painful, right? It hurts. It's not the most comfortable thing, but it, it loosens you up. It causes you to stress. Well, we have to do that as a church. And Pastor Jacob is doing that with you and stretching you and pushing you and challenging you. So I just want to take this first session for the next 30 minutes and stretch you a little bit. But I want to stretch what's going on in your head. I want to stretch your attitude a little bit about uh, the part of you that nobody sees that sometimes you deal with. Now, some people are very vocal about when they don't like something or if they have an attitude. I got five kids. Man, I, I can't handle bad attitudes, right? And, and sometimes my kids need attitude adjustments, okay? And I can tell you this, in church and dealing with people for as long as I've dealt with people, sometimes our spirit, our attitudes need to be adjusted a little bit, and we got to know the why behind the what, all right? So let's look at First Samuel chapter number 9, verse number 1. I'm going to read you verse 4, then we're going to go throughout the chapter. But it says, There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zerur, the son of Bacharath, the son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a man of wealth. So the guy was loaded, all right? And he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man, There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. Gals, this dude was, he had it going on, okay? All right? He he was a good-looking guy, okay? And the Bible says that from his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. So he's good-looking, 
and he's tall, something I'm not, right? I mean, and he was noticed among the nation. I mean, this he was on the cover of People magazine as the world's most sexiest man, right? This was Saul. This is that's the truth, okay? It's what the Bible says. Okay, now look at verse number three. So get the picture. Saul, good looking, rich, and tall. Okay, tall, dark, and handsome. All right. Now the donkeys, everyone say donkeys. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. So Kish said to Saul, his son, Take one of the young men with you and arise, go and look for the donkeys. And he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and passed through the land of Cilicia, but they did not find them. They passed through the land of Shalim and they were not there. They passed through the land of Benjamin, but did not find them. I want to talk to you for the next few moments about donkey missions. Every one of us, well, no, I'm called to the platform. I have a music ministry, Pastor Rob. I've got a, I've got a teaching gift. I had a young man when I pastored in Tennessee, and I, I told him, he said he had a call of God on his life, and I'm like, great, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to join the usher team. And he got real bewildered. Usher team. He's like, I'm, I've got an apostolic ministry. God's called me to preach to the nations, not be an usher. He said, I, I thought you was going to allow me to take part in leading the service and exhorting uh, in between worship and teaching on a Wednesday night Bible study. I'm like, No. That's not even in my radar for you right now. I want you to serve. I want you to serve. And he just struggled and struggled. So he couldn't do it. So he left and went to World Harvest Bible College in Columbus, Ohio. And um, as far as I know, I haven't talked to him in years, but he's still at base one. Every one of us are called... For a donkey mission. So here you got Saul, who is wealthy, good looking, handsome, tall, gifted. I'm sure he could speak. I'm sure he was talented. He had it going for him. And his dad says, I need you to go find my donkeys. My donkeys are lost. Go take one of the assistants. Go take one of the young, other young men and go find the donkeys. So Saul begins this mission of going and trying to find donkey, his dad's donkeys. Who cares about donkeys? Dad, you're loaded. You're wealthy. Just buy some new donkeys. But there was a reason why. Kish, Saul's father, wanted him to go find donkeys. Now, what you're going to find out is Saul failed four times. We never succeed at the start. 
But failure always leads us to extraordinary success. That's why we got to be gracious with each other and leave room for failures. John Maxwell said, God uses people who fail because there's no one else. So because we're on a journey. And so Saul is on this donkey mission and he fails four times. And I'm going to give you four things um, about four truths about these donkey missions that every one of us are on because Fuel Church is on a donkey mission right now. We're on a donkey mission to find those people that are lost and wondering and confused and far. And we're all, but we are always looking for the greater and the bigger thing. We live in a society and we live in a culture that's lights, camera, action. It is selfie driven. It is YouTube driven. And I mean, there are people, ordinary people, becoming YouTube sensations. There's a 14-year-old on YouTube who just started doing crazy things on YouTube and acquired over a million followers on YouTube and now has paid over a million dollars a year. Companies pay him for 30 seconds of advertising on his YouTube channel for their product, $100,000. And he's only 14 years old. We have all kinds of platforms for people to excel in. And it's been that way in the church also. And there's a place for it. But there's four truths about donkey missions I, I want you to see. Number one is donkey missions always will test our patience. Donkey missions will always test our patience. Look at verse 5. When they came to the land of Zuth, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let us go back, lest my father cease to care about the donkeys and become anxious about us. See, God wasn't working fast enough for Saul. Have you ever been there? Like, God, when? I mean, how much more do I have to pray? How much longer is pastor going to keep me in this place of serving like I'm supposed to serve when I feel like I'm supposed to do this? And we get impatient. We get impatient with each other. We get impatient with leadership. We get impatient with God. I'm not talking to you about you. I'm just talking about me. Okay? But it's a place where our patience is test, tested. Saul wanted to quit. Can I tell you that God is not committed to our comfort? And that blows American Christianity out of the water because American Christianity is all about comfort. Lights, camera, action, success. Okay? Um, our comfort is never God's priority. Our development, our character is always God's priority. That's why it's not what happens to us that matters. It's what happens in us that matters. Here's the thing about God. 
our com- we have to lean in to our donkey mission, whether we like it or not, because we got to realize this. God is with us in that donkey mission. The donkey mission is commissioned by God. He's called every one of us to go out to the highways and to the byways and compel donkeys to come in. The people that nobody wants. He wants us to go to them and search for them. Because people, listen, are restless. They said 86% of people will come to church, will come to Fuel Church, if you invite them. 86%. So that means they're waiting for an invite. They're waiting for you to say, come sit with me. Come, I'll pick you up. We have a, a comment in our church. We say every Sunday, be a bringer. Who can you bring to Gracetown? All right. So donkey missions test our patience. Number two, donkey missions keep us humble. Verse six, but he said to him, behold, there is a man of God in this city. And he is a man who has held in honor all that he says comes true. He's a prophet. Now, so let us go there. Perhaps he can tell us the way we should go. Let's go find the prophet. Maybe he can tell us where the donkeys are, right? Then Saul said to his servant, but if we go, what can we bring the man? For the bread in our sacks is gone, and there is no present to bring to the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered Saul again, here... I have with me a quarter of a shekel of silver, and I will give it to the man of God to tell us our way. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he said, Come, let us go to the seer, for today's prophet was formerly called a seer. Donkey missions keep us humble. Here's the crazy thing. Saul, whose family was loaded, okay, who went with, who would probably did not understand what lack or being broke was about. But Saul had to borrow money from his servant. No, 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 wait, watch this. His dad, when he sent him on this mission, Pastor Jacob, didn't even give him enough resources for the mission. Sometimes my team leaders, you know, their biggest complaint is they need more money. You know, well, if you want me to do that, Pastor, it's going to take this kind of budget. You know, and sometimes I'm like, well, we don't have that kind of budget. We're just going to have to think of something else. You know, we were talking about when we launched our church, having a, a kick butt stage, and we did. And I remember thinking, well, I don't know, we had the budget. We had budget for everything else, but we don't have a budget for stage. And I was down in Life Church, Memphis, and Pastor John Siebling is a, is a good friend of mine. And I, he's got four or five campuses. And when I became friends with him, he was running about 400 people. And now they're running about 10,000 people. And, um, and it, I, we were visiting, and um, they were having at the time probably about four or 5,000 people attending the church. And their stage was awesome. And my team was like, that's what we want to do. Let's do our stage like that. So we went to the stage, uh, 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 the guy that created the stage and stuff, and said, how much did it cost to do the stage? And he's like, well, I think we spent $50. 
and the stage is massive. And we're going, what? He said, yeah, we dumpster dive. We went to Goodwill. We went to some dumpsters. We found some things, and that's what we did. And so I told my team, don't ever say something can't be done if there's not enough resources or not enough money, right? Um, and, and, and so here's the thing. Donkey missions keep us humble. How humble was it for Saul to ask his servant, we got to give the man of God something. We can't inquire of him without being a blessing. It's better to give than to receive. I don't have anything. And his little servant said, well, I got shekel of silver. Here we go. How humiliating, really humble. But listen, where we're at and what we're doing, it may be humble. But if we remain humble, God will lift us up. Number three, number three, donkey missions will test our motives. Why are you doing what you're doing? Verses 10. And Saul said to the servant, well said, come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was, and they went up the hill to the city. They met young women coming out to draw water and said to them, watch this, okay, is the seer here? Is the prophet here? They answered, he is. Behold, he is just ahead of you. Hurry. He has come just now to the city because the people have a sacrifice today on the high place. And as soon as you enter into the city, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat till he comes since he will, he must bless the sacrifice. And afterward, those who are invited will eat. Now go up for you will meet him immediately. This is the place. Number three, about our motive, that more leaders lose their way. More leaders mess up in that season right there of when their motive is tempted. Now, there's, there's something in that scripture that we just read that I don't think anybody seen. There were some good-looking girls that approached Saul and his servant Now, here's the thing. More leaders will lose their distraction and lose their vision and lose their why at this place. They get distracted. Every one of us can get distracted in ministry and in church and in leadership. We get offended. We get hurt. More things happen. Sin, we mess up, we don't think right. This is the stage when our motive is being tested where we compare ourselves. And you ever notice we always compare ourselves up and never down? Stop. Now, I can talk to he and I right now because as lead pastors, this is a disease. Because as lead pastors, we struggle with comparing ourselves to this pastor and to this church. And it's always a church or a pastor that's more successful or a church that's bigger. And we struggle, then we get low self-esteem, then we get discouraged, then we get depressed, then we want to quit. It's at that place when distractions come up. Guard your mind and guard your heart about distractions. When he told you don't hold on to your 
title, your position so lightly. Keep your hand open because it's about passing it along. I've had leaders in the last five years of our church plant who wouldn't let go, wouldn't raise up, and wouldn't train. And then all of a sudden, in this stage, their motive comes out to be true, and they get distracted, and then they quit, and then there's nobody else to take their place. Dealing with it right now in our kids' ministry. So we've got to guard ourselves. Listen, don't compare yourselves. Watch the distractions. Talk to somebody. Ask somebody to pray for you. Okay? Because this is where your motive is being tested. And then number four. Number four. It's just so simple. Everybody okay? All right. Donkey missions are always about something bigger. Pastor Jacob, we don't see that though. The Bible says... Don't, don't despite the day of small beginnings. Our donkey missions. We really have to stay and clean up. But you don't understand. They always lead to something bigger. I've had people, a part of my team, that didn't ask for anything, that just said, what do I need to do? I've had people, a part of my team, the demons ask what I need to do. They just did it. They were the first ones there, the last ones to leave. Never asked for nothing. And I'm going, there's elevation coming to that person. And as a leader, I watch. And I watch the humility and I watch the motive and I watch the heart to serve. Because it always leads to something bigger. Now watch. Look at verse 14. So they went up to the city. As they were entering the city... Guess who they saw? Samuel. He was the man of God. The prophet. Watch. They saw Samuel coming out toward them on his way up to the high place. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed to Samuel. Watch. Watch. Tomorrow, about this time, I will send to you a man from the land of Benjamin. Saul is mad. Donkeys. I got to go find donkeys. I failed four times. I want to go back. I want to go back and get back to my apartment. I want to go back to get back to my comforts. Why does my dad understand my dad? Why is he doing this to me? I'm going. I remember being called to the ministry. And I remember my uncle saying, good, you're going to teach Sunday school. But I'm called to preach. I got a preaching gift. 18 years old. You know, know it all. Right? Now I want you to, I want you to, and then here's what I want you to do too, Robbie. I want you to be at church an hour early for prayer. And I want you to be the last one to leave. Okay? That's what I want you to do. Yes, sir. I didn't realize that, you know, at the time I'm getting frustrated, you know, I'm, just, I'm doing it. My motives are being questioned in my heart. And the whole time, God was preparing me. God was preparing me to preach to 10,000 people in Singapore. 
God was preaching me, preparing me to send me in and, to, in and out of China for the last 10 years to speak at universities and preach in the underground churches. He was preparing to send me over to Eastern Europe to preach in churches. And in, he was preparing me to hook up with a, a guy named Jacob and preach at his church. I didn't know it back then, but watch what happens. Watch. You don't know what God's doing with this church yet. You don't have a clue what God's doing with some of you. Some of the greatest voices for church development today are not lead pastors. You know who they are? They're staff members. It's their staff members who are on the ground actually doing the work and God is raising them up and they're being released to write the books, to write the articles, to speak in the conferences, to help this church, that church. That's what's happening. Watch, 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 watch. So he says, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin and you shall anoint him to be prince over my people, Israel. He shall save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have seen my people because they, their cry has come to me. And when Samuel saw Saul, God sees you cleaning the bathrooms. God sees you freezing your butt off on Sunday mornings outside, waving to people and helping them park their cars. God sees. God saw Pastor Jacob and Pastor Tara setting up these tables and these chairs and putting all the stuff on them. Could they easily had some, somebody here do that? Of course. But none of us are exempt. We, we're a portable church. We're five years in. We set up and we tear down every Sunday. And you know who's a part of the set up and tear down team every Sunday? You're looking at him. Rolling in tables, setting up chairs, shaking hands, talking to my team. And this is awesome, isn't it? You know why we're setting up these chairs this morning? I don't know. Because there's going to be somebody who's going to sit in that chair, going to find grace and find hope and be inspired today. And all of a sudden they go, I never thought about it like that. Helping somebody roll out the coffee bar for happy hour. We call it happy hour at Gracetown. We do. You know why we're doing this? So people can drink coffee? No. So people can get happy. Watch. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord told him, here is the man of whom I spoke to you. He it is who shall restrain my people. Donkey missions are always about something bigger. If I can tell every one of us here today, be faithful. Be committed. Don't give up. Just keep on looking for the donkeys. As goofy as it sounds, as stupid as you feel, as, this, is, this is crazy. I don't get it. I mean, I have team members that complain about setting up. You know, and we got a few, just a few, because nobody wants to do it, because it seems like... But this is why we're doing it. Watch. Your donkey mission... And your greater mission is about to collide. Fuel Church, 
your donkey mission of paint, redecorating, fixing this, doing that. And you all looking at Pastor Jabin going, I don't have a clue why he's, why is he doing that for, you know? Because you're doing these little things. Because your donkey mission is about to collide with your greater mission. Watch, watch this. Donkey missions always lead you to your greater mission. Could there be more for you? Is there more for you? Yep. Is there a capacity for you to grow and do more than what you're doing? Yes. But you'll never do it unless you're faithful in the little things. Listen, we need to be humble enough, patient enough, and faithful enough in the donkey mission. Four things, or three things right here I want you to see. Number one, be faithful to your donkey mission. Be faithful to your donkey mission. I get people all the time, especially if they've been around church. If you're new to church, I don't have any problems. But if you've been around church for a long time, I got some folks in my church, but that's not my calling. That's not what I'm led to do. I remember my brother's our worship pastor, and I told him about two months ago, I said, because they go in on Saturday and they do a little sound check and rehearse a little bit. And then we'd come to church on Sunday to set everything up and nothing was set up. And I told him, I said, bro, get your team off the stinking stage and set up those chairs. I don't ever want to come back to church on Sunday and see not these chairs set up. And your team needs to do it. And a few of the the superstars with the microphone kind of... And they go, well, I thought that was the setup team's responsibility. And I said, if anybody gives you any trouble, we don't need them on the stage. If we just have a microphone and you and your guitar. Because if, if our celebrity singers cannot serve and get their hands dirty. Because we'd have guys play and sing and then soon church is out. They're out the door, man. Their gig is over. So I had to have a little meeting. Your gig is not over when service is over. Your gig is over when the chairs are put up and the, and the cafe tables are brought in for the kids for the next day for school. And the signs are torn down. So I said, all of you are on the setup teardown team. Everybody is. We no longer have a separate setup teardown team. Everybody has to be a part of the setup teardown team. Okay. And, I, and I, of course, I had a few people get ruffled by that. But my thing is, where's your heart? It's not about us just singing. It's about us serving. Be faithful in your donkey mission. Number two, don't let anything be beneath you. Serve. That is the fastest way to God's promotion. Number three, stop seeing things as pointless and start seeing them as practice. Stop seeing things in church as pointless and start seeing them as practice. We used to have people make coffee and then the people that made the coffee left the church. And then when we called for people to make coffee, they were like, 
so nobody rose up. So I'm like, I don't care. I'll go buy coffee then. So we buy Starbucks. Starbucks makes our coffee for us in the morning. And it's a cost. And so now they're complaining about the cost. And I say, quit complaining about the cost. Get your butt here at 8.30 or 9 o'clock in the morning and make the coffee. Where, and here's my last thing. Where are you rolling your eyes at now? Where are you rolling your eyes at now? For example, Pastor Jacob, can you run out to my car? My product is in the back of my van that we're going to make available tomorrow. And his response could be, I can get one of the ushers to do that. Or he'll go, okay, right? We all roll our eyes. My kids do it all the time. Emily, Evan, there's a bag or a basket of clothes that just got washed and dried. I need you to fold them. Why can't Christian do it? Why can't Grayson do it? And then they roll their eyes. You, you get disciplined in our house for rolling your eyes. I got spanked for rolling my eyes, right? Did, my mom was like, did you just roll your eyes at me? Oh, no. So then I lie. <laughs> So I get, I get in trouble for rolling my eyes and lying about it, right? What are you rolling your eyes at? Stop that if you do it. And you don't have to physically do it. You can think it. And we, hey, and we all think it. I did it two Sundays ago. I'm mad. I'm ticked off. Had a halfway decent service. And if for some reason, everybody bailed. And it's me and my two boys and three others. And we are rolling the tables back in. And putting everything. I'm like, oh. I was mad. I was mad. I was mad at people. And, um, and I rolled my eyes. This is stupid. I'm the lead pastor. What am I? And God told me, Stop it. It ain't killing you rolling a few tables in. Jeez, oh, we rob you. What's your problem? Stop it. Your donkey mission is about to come become your greater mission. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me in Jesus' name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you to find a good local church. If, if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.